The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the phones seem to be ringing white hot already. It's the sort of between Christmas and New Year's show, so there's a lot of medical questions for Dr. Debbie and for dog father Joey Villani. And uh, if you want to give us a call at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, you can ask questions about your pets from the doctor and the dog father, and you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, download it now; it's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. If you were lucky enough to get a pup for Christmas or Hanukkah, Doctor Marty Becker will be joining us today. Things to do if you're a pet. What what does it say up there? I can't read your handwriting today. Things to do if you got a pet for Christmas. Things to do if you got a pet for Christmas. So if you got one of those little cute things. Some little tips and hints and stuff on having the perfect pooch or any pet. Becker is back today for you. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. Joey Volani, what are you working on today? Well, I want to answer that. Things that you should do with you, if, when you get your pet for Christmas, bring your credit card to come see me, and I'll give you a good haircut, okay? <laughs> How, well, how much do you charge, about, by the way? You're like one of the more expensive ones, aren't you? I'm not cheap. No, I'm I didn't think not so. Cheap, um, but but you know what? You're going to get the best damn haircut that you've ever that you've ever seen. So, oh. and your dog is going to get the best treatment. Your dog is going to love me. So, well, give me a Paul Park figure because I I don't groom my dog, so I have no idea. Well, are you talking about Lady if, if Ladybug if Ladybug came came in? It's Probably about forty dollars. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, but what if they had real hair? If they had real hair, I, I don't. Uh, nothing under seventy five. Yeah. Seventy five and up. That's still reasonable. See, we don't even get the discount here. The animal radio <laughs> discount. <laughs> so, what's on the show? Well, what, what do you got coming up? Um, we're going to talk about how often, if you that you, that you can bathe your dog, especially a dog that has seborrhea, which is a skin condition, because a lot of dogs do. So, mm. I think it's a good topic. Well, that is so controversial. You know, people will say don't bathe too often because you you take out their oils, and some yeah. people say you can bathe every day. And that's all wives' tale. Is it? Now. Okay, we're going to yes. find out the deal yes. coming up right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks in the newsroom. What are you working on? Well, the least likely person says, "I'm an enlightened advocate for animals." Huh. You won't believe it. Hmm. 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 That's on the hmm. way right here. <laughs> Let's uh, go to the phones while we ponder this here. Well, hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Fine, I'm, I'm doing good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, New Ringgold, Pennsylvania. That's in Schuylkill County. Is that, that's on the eastern side of Pennsylvania, right? Yes, it is. Oh, well, good. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I have the whole team here for you. What's going on? Okay, I have a, a Belgian Shepherd. His name is Ziggy. Okay, uh. I like the name. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, he has a, a, a beef allergies, okay? So, uh, the vet told me to put him on lamb and rice because it was affecting his ears. That's taken care of. But my parents passed away. I'm up at my father's house at the estate, and he has forced air, you know, like uh, through the ducts. And his skin is really dry. And he's for the past almost a week, he's been he's been itching everywhere he goes. I just want to know what I can give him. If there's anything over the counter, I can give him to, to moisten up his skin because when I brush him, you can see all the, the skin coming off, you know. 
Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that can cause a dog to have itchy, dry, flaky skin. So, you know, being of the medical persuasion, my first thing is always to make sure there's not something medically we're missing. Um, so seeing your veterinarian be the first thing. Um, there are some hormonal problems. You've already mentioned some allergies, uh, food-based allergies. So there's no reason he can't also have um, seasonal um, allergens um, as well. And one interesting thing you did mention, and it kind of perked my ears up, is when you just turned on the heat in, in a home, some dogs we actually do find can have a flare-up of their allergies. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you know, allergies happen in the spring and the fall. Why would it be in winter months? And some of that can relate to when we turn on our heat, we're actually kind of re-stirring up all of those pollens that have settled into our air systems, and especially different funguses. So during the, the moist or the cooler months when we're running our air conditioning, we can actually have a, a growth of, of fungal organisms. They will dry out and die off when it gets um, you know drier in the year. Um, but then if we're using our air or our heat, that actually can redistribute those allergies. So that can actually be kind of a a new wave of allergy that we can see in the winter months for some patients. So what does that mean? Well, that means you may need to work with your veterinarian to control allergies and the allergic form of skin disease. Um, But there are definitely some things when I hear of, you know, a pet that just has some dry skin, especially winter skin, that we might look at doing. Um, One of the standbys for itchy skin that isn't dealing with infection, of uh, yeast or bacteria would be to use a colloidal oatmeal shampoo. It also, it's not only just an anti-itch, but it can really be um, quite restorative in making pets feel better. Um, so that would be one thing. Um, some shampoos that contain emollients, and so when we talk about emollients, they are things that are put into products that help to soften the skin. And they, they basically help to move water into the upper layers of the skin from the deeper layers. So that can help to decrease scaling and dryness. Um, so some things like that you'll look for in shampoo products that might be things like coconut oil, um, sometimes safflower or almond oil might be in different products. Um, so um, those would be preferably through through a uh, skin product, not necessarily taking those items and dousing your dog with them. <laughs> so, but I'm also a fan of year-round uh, fatty acid therapy. And in the de- dry desert environment that I live, I recommend fatty acids for our all of our dog patients year-round um, because of the dryness that we have out here. And so for seasonal dryness in some areas, you may consider that. And uh, fatty good, acids. Oh, what, are, what are fatty acids? Fatty acids are very important in the lipid structure of the skin. So they are actually supplemented in different forms for animals, just like in people, um, in gel caps, um, powders, there are some liquids out there, too, and um, those are supplemented because you can't put enough in a pet's diet. Um, there are diets that have it added, but I always like to mention that because the amount that we would need to add to a pet's food would actually make it go rancid, and it would rot well before the pet could eat it. So that's why we do have to supplement that on a daily basis. Um, but there's a lot of really good um, fatty acids that are out there, and I, I usually direct people to look for the doggy ones um, uh, as far as uh, the product that I use for my dogs is called Icosiderm, and it's a high potency. Icosiderm is E I C O S. I'm I'm failing my spelling test. Icosiderm E I C O S A D E R M. 
Uh, it comes in, in gel caps or liquid, but that's just my p- personal preference. But there are a lot of good ones out there. The challenge is we want to... Like in a grocery store? Or you won't find it in a grocery store, no. Um, and there are low potency and there's high potency, so probably don't have the, enough time to really go into the nitty-gritty of this, but some of the important components are EPA and DHEA. Um, so those are going to be the ones that are actually quite important when we compare a fatty acid to another one. Where do I have to go to get this product? Well, we'd, I would go to a, a high-quality pet store or see your veterinarian for the okay. the products okay. in your area because a right. little bit are different. Right. Well, I have a, a close friend of mine. He's a pharmacist, so I'll, I'll show him the list that I'm writing down. But I do think you nailed it on the head because I took off the – I'm painting the house. I took uh-huh. off the air duct covers, and they're just full of dust and uh-huh. everything. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah I yeah. even started coughing the past week, so I guess – Oh, Yeah. Yep, and get the humidity up, too, because in the winter months with running all that hot air through, um, humidification is really an important thing, and that's one of the reasons we do have winter skin disease. I I was giving him Benadryl, Dithenhydramine, HCI 25 milligram. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, for a Belgian shepherd, uh, that's probably a low dose for him. Um, Benadryl helps for pets that, a proportion of pets that have allergic skin disease. So if we're talking about just dryness, Benadryl isn't going to really help him. It may make him sleepy and scratch less because he's tired, um, but that's more geared towards allergies. So, okay. uh, you know, there there may be other medications that we would use if we think your pet is dealing more with allergies than just winter dryness. Right. So that, that's right. why I think a, a veterinarian exam really kind of helps make that distinction where, you know, just talking to you over the phone, I can't make that distinction for you. Right. I, I understand. How much is too often to give him, like, uh, he just recently got an abscess, okay? Uh, baby aspirin, 81 milligrams. How often is that? I don't, I don't actually prescribe any aspirin for any of my patients. Okay. Um, there are better, safer, non-steroid type pain relievers or even uh, other classes of pain relievers like tramadol and gabapentin. So for me, um, you know, once I saw the research that showed that aspirin, even on a baby aspirin dosage, causes um, GI bleeding pretty much every time you give it to a pet, whether or not they're showing signs of it, um, there's just better things we can use. Well, but, uh, if he does have an abscess, that needs to be fully treated or, you know, the skin yeah, problems are going to be yeah. amplified. I just noticed it, so, wow. Well, get him to the vet. See? Oh, I'm, I'm honored you called me, but your baby probably needs to see a veterinarian first off if yeah. he's got a skin abscess. Yeah, so I think you nailed it as far as the, the, the air forced air because he didn't have this problem. No. Yeah, that wintertime skin. It, it, it's tough for all of us. I mean, I'm itching and scratching, and it's just because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's dry and cold out. <laughs> Hey, doctor. Hey, thanks for calling, Kevin. I appreciate it. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we have our own allergy story here. I haven't even told you this, Dr. Debbie, but you know Tigger. What's that? Tigger's the studio cat who uh-huh. has been vomiting nonstop and diarrhea, not even diarrhea, just liquid, uh, about six or seven times a day. She had been doing this, what, for six plus yeah, years? Yeah, she vomits at least once a day, if not twice. We took her to the vet. Uh, you were out of town, unfortunately, and so we took her to another vet. And uh, the other vet said, well, it's either irritable bowel or it's a lymphoma. Uh, but over the holidays, changed her food quite by accident for a little bit. And we she, we noticed that she uh, threw up that the second food we got her also. And, you know, these guys aren't sponsors, and I think we kind of tell it like it is here at Animal Radio, but we, we, we had our unnatural balance for a long time, for many, many years. Many, many years. 
and it has a lot of bone meal, a lot of stuff in it. And we, we tried one of these veterinary diets because I figured there are veterinary diets that you prescribe for GI upset. And they're what oh, they're sure. Hill Science Diet, uh, Royal Canin makes one, Perina makes one. And we actually tried a couple of those, and she threw those up too. Mm-hmm. Quite by accident, we found another brand of food, and she has not thrown up, and her, her stools have become firm. And we figure this food is a, <laughs> a no-gluten, no-soy uh, no grain food. She must have had some kind of allergy because she's five. absorbing those nutrients and she's... Yeah. I've gone five days without vomit. Do you know what it's like in my household to go five days without <laughs> That's vomit? That's a blessing. It is. It's amazing. So it says a great deal about what's in your pet food and glutens and grains. We don't know exactly what it was, uh, this food that we were using now. And they're not a sponsor yet, yet, I say. And it's not a veterinary prescribed diet. It's a uh, red barn food and they're non-gluten diet. So I would encourage anybody who's having similar problems to just check it out at well, least. I can't sure. believe that you talked about that, Hal, because we took Gordy, uh, our foster dog, who has had diarrhea uh, and lost a third of his body weight mm-hmm. in the last three months. And they recommended, and I had never heard of this food, and we had tried everything. And it's actually, it is made by Royal Canaan. It's called Ultimino. Ultimino, is, is it a veterinary diet? It is a veterinary prescription diet. We had to order it from Chewy.com. Yes, which they is They didn't a, carry it. Oh, that's But I, I guess they've done several marketing changes on it. And you know how I love a product that works. Yes. Gordy has a, a lot of things going on with him. But keeping nutrients in him, whether we're going to fight cancer with the lymphoma and stuff down the line, is secondary to just keeping him, you know, able to gain weight and yeah. healthy. And after the first feeding of this Ultimino... It changed. He... Yeah, uh, it is amazing. So wow. we have gone. We started it. Yeah, it's it's been about a week now. Absolutely incredible. Now the only problem there is that uh, those veterinary diets, of course, you need your veterinarian to sign off right. on it, and they can be a little bit costly. And if you're feeding many animals, for instance, we have several cats, and so they all eat the same food. Uh, because we can't have individual feeding times for all. We just, and that makes it tough. Yes. That really does. So buying a veterinary diet in Moss would be very, very expensive to do. But the thing I always tell people, you know, if you have a you know household where that does permit, it is medicine in a bowl. So it if is. it means that mm-hmm. you can control a pet's yep. symptoms, whatever it is, skin disease, GI disease, with a prescription slash more costly food, then you've just saved yourself a lot of visits to the veterinarian. Absolutely. Cleaning the house. Absolutely. But what um, I want to point out here is that this new diet, we we tried the veterinary diets. She still threw up. She still had trouble on those. And then we went to another diet, which is an over-the-counter diet. So don't give up just if the veterinary diets don't work for you. There, there may be another food that works for you out there. And you're very lucky to have uh, found a food, Lori, so fast. It takes usually a little I, bit of trial and error. I did so much research, Hal. It was amazing. I was on the EPI for dogs website because EPI is so common uh, with German Shepherds and stuff and talked with a lot of those people. And it, it was really incredible. But I guess the Ultimino isn't really known right now because they're, they haven't marketed it. And, uh, in fact, they've changed its name a couple of times. It, it used to be known as the allerg- um, anallergenic um, right. diet. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit uh, kind of confuses everyone when they change names on things. I hate that when companies do that. <laughs> well, it's the bottom line is, is being able to sell it, of course. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Nutrilife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code ANIMALRADIO. Visit NutrilifePet.com. It's time for another Nutrilife pet tip. Can you believe our little ladybug is finally a senior? And she's only, what, just seven years old? Seven years old, I know. How did that happen? Just remember, keeping your senior pet healthy is so important. And don't overlook good dental health. Very important in all dogs, but it's especially important in your older dog. Remember health checkups with your veterinarian. You know your dog the best. Keep an eye out for changes in your dog's behavior. That was a Nutrilife pet tip. Visit NutrilifePet.com. Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E., the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.nutrilifepet.com and get your pet up and running. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio taking care of business toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. I want to welcome a brand new station to the Animal Radio Network. W-I-V-Q in Terre Haute. Is that how you say it? Terre Haute or Terre Haute? Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Don't know. You're an Indiana girl, aren't you? Yeah, sure am. So that sounds familiar. Yeah. So you, how far away is that from where you were brought up? Um, a little spell. A little, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've been back there. So. 
I don't think the geography's moved since I've lived there, but it's been a long time since I've been in that area. But yeah, a couple hours. Well, we welcome you guys, and you can call us. Uh, Dr. Debbie's on my left right here answering your vet medical questions. Dog father Joey Volani straight forward ahead, and to my right, Miss Lori Brooks in the newsroom, and she's preparing for this hour's news. What do you got? Well, Michael Vick in the news again. He's singing a different tune these days. Kind of wild and out there, but um, if you're following Vick and his career, because he's in the news a lot these days, uh, you, you're going to want to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, this uh, this is pretty interesting. Of course, what was it, two, three years ago? If I'm guessing right, he was in the news for dog fighting. And, uh, 2007. Was, was it really that long, long ago? Holy yeah, Lord. it wow. doesn't seem like it's been that long. And he, at the time, he seemed very... Uh, right, he, he kind of seemed insincere when yeah. he spoke out then. And yeah. so so he's changed his tune. We're going to find out more about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. We'll head to the phones in just a second, but I think we should tell our Terre Haute listeners. We do this fun contest over at our Facebook page at Animal Radio. Every Wednesday, we ask you to upload your wacky Wednesday pictures of your pets. And for the most shares and the most likes, we have great prizes every single week. This week, Miss Francis, what do we have? We have a Bavarian cat toy. Bavarian cat toy. Is yes, it different than a It is American? different. It's actually called the Annabella. That's the name of it. Uh-huh. It's a large... The only way to explain it is it's like a pillow. And it's stuffed with valerian root and catnip. And the cats, if you've seen your cat, how they like to grab toys and hug them to them and they kick them. I get my toys from yeah. the cats, usually long toys so they can kick them. Well, this is a long pillow filled with stuff that your cat will just rub their faces in it. And it makes them euphoric and playful. And they actually have a video on their website that you can go and see a cat in action with one of their full-sized cat pillows with all the stuff in it. That's great. We've been very dog-centric recently, yeah. so it's good to have a cat prize this week. Yeah, so. you know, and usually you see cat toys, they're very small, and I know cats like to hold things and kick them and stuff, so this is like the perfect size and length for your cat. Judy, when you said uh, Valerian, my ears heard Bavarian. Oh, and that's I'm what thinking, I heard, too. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it is It is a Bavarian cat toy. With Valerian. With Valerian Root. Oh my gosh. Inside it. Okay. B- Bavarian Valerian. Yes. So head on over to our Facebook page, upload those pictures. We're at Facebook.com slash Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The first ever litter of puppies conceived through in vitro fertilization was born recently, unlocking a reproductive secret in dogs that has helped researchers solve a decades-old canine biology puzzle. The exceptional process mm-hmm, produced seven healthy puppies, all born by cesarean section, to a host female dog. Now, IVF success in dogs has remained kind of elusive, pretty much, because when it comes to reproduction, dogs are a little weirder than you might think. Dogs, of course, only come into heat once or twice a year, and that creates some unique scheduling challenges for the scientists. 
Also, in most mammals, an egg enters the fallopian tubes primed for fertilizing. Female dogs, however, they produce immature eggs, and those eggs have to kind of hang around inside the oviducts of the female dog for one or two days before they're viable. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Michael Vick got the celebrity treatment, believe it or not, as he visited Harrisburg, the Pennsylvania state capital, last week to lobby for a bill to help protect cats and dogs from being left in unattended cars and trucks. That bill would shield first responders from liability for any property damage they might cause when rescuing animals from unattended vehicles in extreme heat. Well, Vic was, of course, you know, a star quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons when he pleaded guilty to federal conspiracy charges back in 2007 for his role in that dogfighting ring, and he served nearly two years in prison. Now, Vic claims to have been reformed, and he spoke on behalf of animals that day, saying, quote, the bottom line is that all animals thrive on kindness and respect. They depend on us like our children depend on us. And then Vic went on to say, quote again, I know that I'm an enlightened advocate for animal welfare. I've never heard the term enlightened advocate before used in that sense, but I hope so. Vic went on to say that he was part of the problem when he was at his lowest, but he's since made decisions to make changes and that he stands by them. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, and you've done a wonderful job keeping the animals safe over the Christmas holidays. Now we have New Year's to worry about. A lot of places there's fireworks and noise. Make sure your animal is inside and safe and secure when those fireworks go off. Or if you have a big party, people come in and out, make sure that your dog is in a closed room or your cat is in a closed room so they don't sneak out that door. Have a happy new year from all of us here at Animal Radio. Uh, let's head to the phones where we have Donna Jenkins on the phone. She is with Zachary's Paws for Healing. Hi, welcome to the show, Donna. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be invited to chat with you today at Animal Radio. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization, Zachary Paws for Healing? Absolutely. Uh, we're the first organization of its kind in Canada. We facilitate companion pet visits, dogs and cats. 
with the patients at Jurovinsky Hospital in Hamilton. Uh, Jurovinsky Hospital is a state-of-the-art cancer and orthopedic hospital, and they tend to have long-term patients. Um, These aren't therapy animals. These are the patient's actual mm-hmm. own personal pets? Absolutely. Uh, these, these are dogs and cats that belong to the patients. Uh, patients start feeling a little isolated and lonely when they're in the hospital, especially on extended stays, and they long to see their pet. And, of course, their pet is wondering what has happened to their human, where have you gone, and when are you coming back? So bringing those two together really is a positive for both the patient and the pet. And to what extent do you do that? I mean, do you go pick up the pet from their house? Are the pets in their, in your custody while they're ill? The, uh, the social workers or the nurses staff can contact us and let us know that they have a patient that would like to see their pet. We contact uh, their family member or friend and make arrangements for them to meet us at the hospital. Uh, being the first medical facility in Canada to provide this type of service, uh, we've got a lot of policies and procedures and infectious control pro- yeah. protocols to follow. Yeah, what what, what uh, are those that you have to follow? Because a therapy animal has to follow a lot of rules and restrictions. Absolutely. Well, these not being therapy dogs, uh, first of all, we have to contact the uh, pet's veterinarian and have them sign off that the pet has had all of its inoculations and are free of any type of open wounds or illness. Then uh, we make arrangements with the patient's family to bring the pet to us and meet us at the front entrance of the hospital. We transport that pet in a huge, comfy Great Dane crate that is on wheels and is covered. Uh, We do that for a lot of reasons. One, there are patients and visitors that are fearful of animals or have allergies, and the pets are not trained therapy dogs. Uh, they're your everyday pet companion. And we don't want a lot of people with their faces up against the crate, talking, poking, wanting to pet, because that just brings anxiety onto the pet. Sure. So keeping them covered and transporting them that way. Once we get to the patient's room, we place a sign on the door that says it's a private patient pet visitation, no one allowed. This is a special visit for that patient. And no one should be coming in and out disturbing that visit. So not even the medical staff comes in unless there's a medical emergency. Uh, Our volunteer stays in the room the entire time. We try to be as inobtrusive as possible, but we follow all the infectious control protocols, and we're there to make sure if there's any access that we've taken care of that for the patient. What is the average Uh, length of a visit? One hour, and they can have a one-hour visit once a week. This is great. Yeah. I think this is great. I bet it was tough to get it initiated, and I wonder if it could be initiated across the country. We're hoping to. Uh, we've got a lot of interest across Canada. Uh, you know, companion pet visits haven't been widely accepted and approved in medical facilities, but we're hoping to get that changed. We not only meet all of the policies and procedures and infectious control protocols, we exceed them at our hospital. And we're building a kit now to, to assist other hospitals and other organizations that would like to start this in their area. Uh, no sense in, you know, re, reinventing the wheel when we can help you mm-hmm. uh, get started. Oh, absolutely. A great uh, catalyst. This is named after my child, Zachary, who passed away a year ago in November. Yeah, tell us about Zachary. Zachary was a wonderful young man. He was autistic. 
He was diagnosed with an aggressive form of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he was in and out of the hospital a considerable amount over the course of two and a half years. His last hospitalization was for a stem cell transplant, and he was so sick and so needed to see his dog that we did bring in his favorite dog, Chase, while he was in ICU undercover. <laughs> and that bothered Zachary a lot because he felt like, well, we don't have to sneak our relatives in, and we consider our dogs part of our family. They shouldn't be sneaked in either. And when they're being sneaked in, no protocols are being followed. Right. So he insisted when he realized that he wasn't going to make it that we form an organization where all the patients have an opportunity to have a visit with their companion pet, mm. just like they would any other family member. And that's really what we've done. I know he would be very proud of us. Oh, yeah, he, he would. He was 25 when he passed away last November the wow. 28th, a year ago, 2014. So sad. Well, it's, uh, so it's, I'm sorry. I was going to say, let's give out the website so everybody can go over there and learn more about this and see how they can institute this in their their land, Absolutely. wherever they live. It's com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today, and most importantly, thank you for the hard work you're doing. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Animal Radio is underwritten by Company of Animals. Now listen carefully if you have a barker or know a barker. Don't worry. There's a solution. It's called Pet Corrector from Company of Animals. This little gadget, the Pet Corrector, produces a gentle little hiss, just like that, and it distracts your dog, enabling you to bring focus back to you, where you can reward them for not barking. Find out more at companyofanimals.us, and thank you so much for underwriting Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones next, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, if you have a question for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Volani. And I think our very own Lori Brooks has a question. I'm not going to make her call the toll-free numbers. <laughs> I remember a long time ago people saying that, you know, don't take your dog to this groomer or that groomer because they give them tranquilizers when they groom them. Can vets get tranks that easy? Groomers can't. It's against the law. Um I don't know if there's something you want to talk about on air, guys. Yeah, we're we're on. Keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so I don't. Um, groomers aren't allowed to um, tranquilize. They're not allowed to um, to give any sort of sedatives to your pet. Um, but what a lot of people would do is they'll get it from the veterinarian because maybe their dog needs a little doggy volume, is what I call it, to to you know to keep them calm, to make them more comfortable during the grooming process. The groomer shouldn't be um, at shouldn't be giving them the pills. The dog should come in with the sedation already. So either the pet owner should do it or the veterinarian should do it. But groomers that are doing it on their own and have their own um, stash that they're giving the pets, not again, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. But it does happen, I guess. You know, I've heard it. For, now, I'm again, I've been in the grooming industry since 1974, and I've heard it by millions of pet owners. Well, I shouldn't say millions, but lots of pet owners. But I've never known a groomer to ever do it. So, and, and I've, besides, taught thousands of groomers. Um, I mean, I go to expos. I, I deal with pet groomers, um, you know, by the tenfold on a, on a regular basis. And I don't know anyone who really has ever done it. That's a tough job you have there to do that. 
to deal with an animal that is not sedated, especially if it's they're really, wild. It's really, it's, well, it's, it, it's, it only is when, when, you know, the pet doesn't want to be there or, or it's a bad situation where it has to. For instance, like this dog that was, that we just spoke about. I mean, that dog might need to be sedated to be done because it's extreme. Uh, and then you have a dog that just doesn't want to be there. But in most cases, if it's that bad, there's a lot of veterinarians that have grooming on premise, and um, you know, go to them. And it's it's a lot easier, it's a lot safer. And I don't I don't deal with sedated dogs. I don't. I had a great groomer when I lived in California, and she used to call me, or I would call and make the appointment, and she said, "Okay, it'll only be an hour and a half or two hours, and I'll call you when he's done because you're going to have to come back right away." And pick him up because he ate through one of their crates one time. Wow. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Nutrilife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code ANIMALRADIO. Visit NutrilifePet.com. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love animal radio. Keep listening. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people, too. You smell like a pig. You might not be able to say that much longer. Purdue University scientists are trying to determine why pigs smell so much and how they can make it stop. Their research is in response to growing pressure from federal regulators, environmentalists, and rural residents sick of the stench. Linda and Perry Trader's Indiana backyard is so stinky from a nearby hog farm, they have to stay inside, never using their swimming pool. Scientists are attacking the stink where it starts. Hogs are fed experimental feeds to help change the strong sulfur and ammonia smells they leave behind. And the research is promising. Scientists say that pig farms won't ever smell great just maybe more like cattle farms. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free. Here's the number. 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions free from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. And uh, I have a Christmas hangover. I know many of you <laughs> probably got a pet for Christmas. So you probably didn't get much sleep either. Yeah. And if you did, by the way, Dr. Marty Becker will be on in just a few minutes. And uh, he'll help you out with your new puppy that you got for christmas no, whether you wanted it should, or not they should ban that for for the holidays well you know what's they interesting really should they shouldn't allow pets to, to be adopted they shouldn't allow them to be sold because too many of them think that they have a home and they go back or they go to a home that they're never treated right ah but you see that's actually not the research the shift is changing yes it is in fact the aspca just announced that 86 percent of these animals that have been gifted are still with the owners and that there is actually a pretty significant retention rate almost as much of a retention rate as there is for people that go out and just get a pet premeditated yes so really yes yeah it's changing and that's according to the aspca so we'll see what happened this year and of course within the next few years where do these people get these polls from? That's what I want to know. Every time so I'm never surveyed for anything. No one's ever asked me a thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm always in the percentage here. 
Hi, Lee. How are you? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing today? Very good. How can we help you? Yeah, I had a question for Dr. Debbie. I, I got a three-year-old uh, Boston Terrier, and about two nights ago she went outside, and she come back in, and she was limping. And we didn't really think that much of it that night. We figured that she just got... But the, the next day, her paw up to her her shoulder was, uh, was uh, you know, swollen really bad. And we called mm-hmm. our vet about it, and he said it sounded like a snake bite to give her Benadryl, which the swelling has gone down. But I was wondering, should we be worried about any kind of infection? Oh, geez, yeah, definitely. Gosh, so, I mean, if it was a snake bite, your baby got off very lucky because um, a lot of pets don't survive snake bites, so... I guess that's the first thing that if you ever ever suspect a snake bite, get your little babies to the veterinarian. It's your vet, your vet important. didn't say come in. No, no, he just said that usually if they don't get bit, like around the facial area or in the mouth, that usually a snake bite. That well, that's what he told us. That usually a snake bite. That all he would do is give her antihistamine. Are uh, you living in town like with that. more than one vet? <laughs> yes. Find the other now. vet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as far as the big concern with snake bites is, you know, there are different different toxic potentials for different snakes. So maybe he knows something that I don't know about the snakes in your particular area. But when we're talking about things like the, the rattlesnakes, which are big in my Las Vegas area, those we do not mess around with because it could be a matter of just a few hours and a pet can die from a snake bite. So the, the main effects tend to be we see swelling, we see pain, and we can see a potential for infection. So, yes, any snake bite that I see, my patients get put on antibiotics, but they get a whole heck of a lot more. So they can go into shock, so we give them IV fluids. We do give them antihistamines, but there's even antivenom, which is very important for some pets in helping to survive those uh, snake bite uh, misadventures, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I usually, this is another one of those emergencies. I don't hold back, and it, it's it's something we treat very aggressively because, um, um, you know, pets can die very quickly from that. Now, that being said, you know, um, your vet is definitely correct, and I agree with the fact that, you know, bites on the head and the face are more serious because it's a much quicker uh, path to the brain, if you will. And so pets that are larger or have bites on extremities may not have a serious uh, a response, but, you know, you can have that individual who is, uh, you know, your your Aunt Betty who's allergic to bees, and if she gets stung, she goes into anaphylactic shock. And this can happen to any dog that has a, has a snake bite. You just don't know which one's going to have that horrible reaction. doesn't mean everyone's going to, but it means you need to take take that injury with the respect it deserves and get your pet to the vet. So is that enough of okay. a lecture from me? I don't know. <laughs> Well, we, we actually never could find, you know, a puncture wound or anything, and we said we're not really sure if it was a snake, because she had an allergic reaction like to an insect bite. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you don't see, you know, some telltale bite wounds, some draining sores, then it might not necessarily be a, a snake bite that, for your pet situation. But, yes, you yeah. can have a really big swollen up leg. Um, you know, in our areas we have um, uh, scorpions, which can cause yeah. a pretty good even allergic reaction in some dogs, and that can even be life-threatening for some pets. But um, if we're suspecting it might have been a bee sting or some other kind of fire ant envenomation, something like that, then, you know, something like an antihistamine is very appropriate. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't hesitate if I'm worried that there's a snake or you know that, that you have snakes in your area. Those are definitely the big red flags to be ready and, and be aware. 
Okay. Lee, last week we had a we had a guy whose dog got bit. He sucked the venom out of the leg of the bite, mm-hmm. of the, and then he got sick himself. And they both ended up at the hospital. So that's yeah. another thing yeah. you don't want to do. <laughs> Not recommended, definitely. I'm making some New Year's resolutions. I'm supporting companies that give back to the animals, just like Lucy Pet Products. Yeah, sure, they make a great product, and Judy can go on about that for hours. But I'll tell you, <laughs> I love it. The, oh. the thing that warms my heart is that. This company supports a registered animal charity, the Lucy Pet Foundation, and their mission is to reduce pet overpopulation and support causes that benefit animal welfare. So this year, when you're making those New Year's resolutions, why don't you join me and make a commitment to support the companies that are doing good for the animals. And by the way, check out their awesome shampoos and their leave-in conditioning spray. They have six different scents, and they are all wonderful. You can just pick a different one each week to bathe your pet. Check them out at Petco and Independent Pet Stores, and a Happy New Year. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your Dream Team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. It's almost a happy new year. So I'll tell you right now, just in case I, I don't get to speak to you before then. Happy new year. I hope it's a ha- safe and happy one for you. I know Michael Vick, we learned last hour, has a, has a brand new resolution for his new year. And he's, <laughs> well, he says he's changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if you buy that. I'd love to hear what you think. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, I, of course. Should we take a number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what do you think about it, Lori? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that everybody deserves a second chance, uh, a chance to, to make good what they did wrong. But, um, you know, when he got out of prison, I think that was 2007, he, I had a hard time accepting his explanations and apologies. I just didn't feel the warmth from him that I really wanted to feel. So I'm kind of iffy. What about you, Judy? Well, you know, it's hard for me, too, but I have to say he's not going to do anything negatively or anything to harm the animals right now because he knows everybody's watching him. So he's going to be on his best behavior and he's going to do right. Mm. What about you, Dr. Debbie? Well, okay, I'm going to be the sunshine here because I, <laughs> I, I'm going to say give this guy another chance and, and give him the opportunity because he really came from a place where he was, he just looked at animals in a different way. They were things to be controlled and you would like to believe that through his education process that he's learned that animals can really just amplify our lives and add so much to it. And it may have taken him some time to understand that and to experience that. We can't expect him to learn that within a week getting out of prison. Mm. So, you know, if he can be kind of the spokesperson to help other people see and and to, you know, become more informed, I'm all for it and I'm going to back him. Oh, there's a lot of sunshine there. I yeah, like thank that. You. <laughs> I, I tend to think he already did his best thing that he could do for animals, and that was bring to attention the plight of dog fighting, which had been going on for years and years and years, and really took a high-profile person to bring it to light. That's where I think there's the silver lining around his whole thing. Whether he's genuine or not, uh, time will tell. You're absolutely right, Judy. There's a big microscope on him right now. Uh, what do you think? Toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 What are you going to... Hit us up with this hour, Miss Brooks. Uh, what would it be like if dogs could talk? Because scientists are really moving us quickly uh, in that direction where dogs can communicate with us and in some cases 
verbally. Oh, mm-hmm. see, I'm pretty convinced they yeah. can already communicate with us. Uh, they just opt not to. Uh, They're too smart. Yeah. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hey, Jason. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, doing well. I'm just not sure how my dog's doing because I've never seen a behavior like this before. Uh-oh. What's he doing? Uh, she's about two years old, and I'd say three weeks or a month ago, she started, um, if you've ever seen a dog, like, track, like, a fleck of dust or something floating through the air or a flyer or something like that, she's doing that behavior for, I would say, you know, 30 minutes at a time where, where she's jumping around looking in all different directions and hopping up on her back hind legs and kind of snapping her jaws like an alligator would, like she was trying uh-huh. to grab something. Okay. But there's nothing there. Interesting. What kind of dog is she? She's a. We got her from the pound. She's a German Shepherd mix, and all the rest of the dogs in the litter were like, uh, they, they look like Black Lab Chow mixes. She's the only one that looks like she does. Aww. <laughs> so she wasn't like the the black sheep in the litter. She was just the shepherd in the litter. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's Aww. a really she's a really sweet dog, but she's always had a little bit of, of nervous energy. Like she she uh she's getting better now because we're we're. Uh, honestly, we watch the dog whisper, and we're trying to do that kind of stuff to, to teach her to be better around new people. Mm-hmm. Because at yeah. first she was really bad, and she's getting better. But now this behavior, and we don't know what's going on with her. We're, we're not sure if it's some kind of mental thing or if there's some kind of more serious yeah. thing we should be worried about. Now, is there anything that is uh, setting off these episodes as far as is she eating beforehand, sleeping? Is there any activity that you could tr- uh, kind of link that to? No, I mean, at first it started in only one room of the house, but now she does it pretty much uh, sometimes wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, you kind of alluded to a word that um, I'm going to call this, and, and this sounds to me like a fly-biting seizure. And um, there are what we kind of call the grand mal seizures that people are familiar with that look like an epileptic seizure. But there's is it, is it a almost, lot of... Is it almost like just, people like a focal motor seizure? Exactly. Yes, it's exactly what a fly biting seizure is, and it's basically something that they can do and be completely normal at other times. And it doesn't necessarily mean a dog with a fly biting seizure is going to go on to develop a full epileptic seizure, but it can mean that there's something wrong neurologically that's triggering that. But the good thing is they rarely progress um, to something more serious. Although you still have that potential of her injuring herself, you know, by jumping around or, you know, getting kind of in the zone, if you will, and um, not being aware of what's going on around her. So a lot of dogs with fly-biting seizures, I like to do a full medical workup, make sure there's nothing medically going on that we can see in their blood, um, anything in that regard. But if everything looks normal, then we have a decision to make. And the decision is, do we try medicine or do we let her go? If she's having episodes that are that long, I would probably lean towards some medication. And what we basically try is a round of anti-seizure medicine. So sometimes I'll try phenobarbital, and that that can work very well for some dogs with this. Um, other cases, I'll use something called gabapentin. Um, but um, I would say that it, it just screams at me that that is very likely what you're seeing there is a fly-biting seizure. And, and uh, yeah, we do actually see those a little bit more in some different breeds. I can't say shepherds is necessarily one of them, but um, I've seen it a lot in Bernese dogs, schnauzers, um, uh, the greater Swiss dogs, uh, some of those. So, so, yeah, I would say. And have you talked to your veterinarian about this? this at any point yet well honestly i think we need to maybe change our vet because i left a message for her and y'all called me back before she did <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> but, uh, 
I'm concerned about is, you know, in people, you know, a lot of times, uh, C's not that big a deal except for the lack of oxygen. Is this the same thing going on with her whenever she's having these, or is it a different kind of uh, effect on her body? It's a different effect, and um, with a seizure, we're not really having a lack of oxygen. It's more, um, if we had more of a fainting episode, that's when we would have a change in the oxygen. Her, she's just got some wires that are just kind of firing um, off um, abnormally, so that's kind of all that is. Um, but still, you know, I'd say the duration that you're describing these and just, um, you know, how it's happening more regularly, I, I would definitely think that she would be one. I'd get some labs drawn on her and then be ready for the potential that, you know, trying something like an anti-seizure medicine may be a good thing that improves the quality of her life. And and that's what I really look for, is that if these episodes are frequent enough or they're affecting her quality of life or yours, then we really that's when we need to step in and start medicating. So I'd give that a try. One last question. So it's not going to do any good. Like, I've been trying to correct the behavior when she's doing it, and she can't help it, right? So it's not going to do her or me any good to try to correct it while she's doing it, right? No, no. If this is truly a fly-baiting seizure, yeah, you're just going to bang your head up against the wall. So, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, well, you'll be looking for much. the Valium, not her. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, do you have any? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. My pleasure, Jason, and good luck with that little one. This is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio, one 405 8405 well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your pet's diet. Learn more at StellaandChewies.com. And thanks, my friends, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Joey Volani just walked in the studio. How are you doing today? What's on your mind? What's going on with you? Do we need your violin players? We got to get your violin. No, players. that's okay. Okay, we, we'll do. You know what? It's, it's Christmas. They, they, we gave them off day after yeah. Christmas. They, they have the whole weekend yes, off. You know? There you go. There you go. So no violin players. But um, so you know, I've been asked this question before, and we've discussed it before. But how many times, or how often, can you wash your dog? Mm. And um, the, the the really the answer is as many times as, as your heart desires, as long as you're using the right products. But I have a letter here, and it says, Uh-oh. my dog Sophia has seborrhea. Now, seborrhea is a skin condition. It's an oily skin condition that, if not treated, usually um, turns into a fungal and starts to smell, mm. and the skin gets, did you ever, like, the best way to describe it, did you ever see like an old, old guy and, and he has real greasy hair, but he has really bad dandruff that's stuck in that greasy hair? Yes. You know, you don't you don't see it so often anymore, but I remember when I was a kid, I said it's, it's still embedded in my memory. <laughs> um, well, that's almost the, the, the same. I just want to say, same. I just want to say, they, they called me Grease Pit at yeah. school. But go ahead. It they burned go? into his, his eyeballs. All right, as long as you didn't have the dandruff on top of that. Anyway. Um, seborrhea is a skin condition, and yes, you want to, you want to break that grease barrier. It's an sh- extremely important. See, veterinarians, when you go to the veterinarian, the veterinarian will give you shampoo and say, you know, wash your pet once a week, and um, they'll give you some, um, you do some antibiotics um, to clear the problem. What they don't really stress how important those baths are, because if if you don't keep that skin clean and you don't degrease that pet. What's going to happen is it's just going to keep getting worse, and the antibiotics alone 
may do the job, but most likely aren't. So what you want to do is you want to use, and, and this is a situation where you want to use a specialty shampoo. Um, there's a great product on the market called Zymox. Zymox, um, I found it, and when we have used it on pets that have seborrhea, and it clears up the problem usually in about four to five, um, four to five baths. And basically what it is is an antimicrobial, and um, it goes in there, and it, it, it just basically eats everything away because it's an enzyme. Oh, yes. Okay. It's, <laughs> and, and what it does, it actually, it actually eats, it, it eats it away. But using that at least once, twice a week... After about five treatments, you're going to notice a major difference. And if you can't get that, your vet will prescribe something for you. But follow up on it. Break that grease barrier, okay? Make that dog feel good. Is Zymox over the counter? Can you get that over the counter? Yeah, you can. You can. Um, It's not something you're going to see in most um, pet stores, but I know Amazon sells it. And they sell a ton of it. And you get a really good price on Amazon, so. Yeah. You sound like you have personal experience, Lori. Do you use it? Are you kidding? I have bulldogs, which are just yeasty, <laughs> you know, chubby balls of hair. So you've used it before. It's great, isn't it? I loved it. Yeah, love it. I use Zymox in their ears as well. It's They have a different formula for ears, but it works it, incredibly well. It's, it's the well. greatest. Joey Volani right here on Animal Radio. You want to talk to him or Dr. Debbie, 1-866-405-8405 right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Geico presents Kathy, the Candid Realtor. Okay, and right around here is the kitchen. Gas range, granite countertops, all those gadgets you registered for will look great up here until that toaster overheats and takes out everything in a two-foot radius. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Get your plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? (sighs) Yep. Feel like racing? (laughs) Hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be checking news with Lori Brooks. What do you got? Working on a couple of things here in the news kitchen, Hal. Um, the news we've kitchen got results. I like <laughs> <laughs> Cooking. It's because something I can't do, so I cook news. Right? Oh, okay. Um, we've got the crash test of, uh, for pet safety and, and what they found for pet seats. Are they really safe or not? And which brands might help you out? And there's a, a famous couple, celebrity couple, that is involved in a custody dispute over their pets. So I'll share the details with you coming up. Last week, you shared a story with us about a pet that was found seven years after it was lost, all due to a chip. And Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of confusion at first because they didn't think that the animal had a chip. The chip had migrated southward very far. Is that pretty common, Dr. Debbie? Do chips migrate it's not as common as it used to be. It can occasionally. Now, I have actually found occasionally it's just implanted in the wrong place. And there is an education process for people that oh. put those in that um, it is really important that everyone use the standardized area, the kind of scruff of the neck and the back. Um, but, yeah, there, there can be some migration with that. Um, and I think, you know, I just had an argument with an owner argument the other day. She said, oh, my dog's never going to get out. He doesn't need a microchip. And I would just like to just, I guess, urgently, passionately say, it does not matter if you have the best cared for pet out there. Things happen. Doors can be left open. A guest can do something wrong. Everyone, please get your dog and cat microchipped. I've done many microchips on animals before. I've inserted many of them. Have you? Yes, I have. So you've been taught, you actually went to a class or you learned how to do that? I learned how to do that with the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation that we held a clinic and uh, they showed me how to do it and I... I did many dogs. You're really multi-talented. Yeah. Not as talented as Dr. Debbie, though. Well, no. She I, can put I, in a I can, like can insert a needle. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, in just a few minutes, Dr. Marty Becker is going to be joining us. If you got a puppy for Christmas, he, he has uh, just tips for Some him. tips and, tips. yeah, yeah, how to, how to help them. Okay, that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Where are you calling Hi. from today? right now i'm a truck driver well welcome to the show i have dr debbie right here to answer your questions uh what i was wanting to know is can i feed my cat raw meat and fish as opposed to any of the canned stuff and would i have to add vitamins and taurine to it if i did well, I have to say that, you know, we know that kitties are obligate carnivores, so they need meat. Um, I am not a fan of feeding raw meat and fish in a substitution for a good quality balanced commercial cat food for a couple reasons. And you mentioned one thing, taurine, which is an important amino acid that if we do feed a raw meat, raw fish-based diet, we're going to very likely run into multiple deficiencies, including a taurine deficiency, which is so important for cats. They have a four-time greater need for this amino acid than dogs do. So it's very easy for them, if we don't meet their needs with diet, 
that they can have a problem reading leading into all sorts of heart problems and eye problems. So, um, no, I don't think that feeding just a supplement is going to make up for that. Um, there's also going to be other um, amino acids, um, nutrients. Um, there's even kitties that will have a thiamine deficiency, which is a B vitamin. Um, and that can actually result because feeding raw fish actually can have a uh, enzyme that breaks down the ability of the body to absorb B vitamins. So that can also cause a whole round of other types of um, problems. So um, my bottom suggestion is I, I really wouldn't recommend going there. Um, if the base of the diet is a good quality cat diet, then I think you're better off to do that. And, uh, you know, I know oodles of people that would say, oh, I fed my cat tuna here and there, um, you know, but you just got to be very careful. There's, um, you know, a higher uh, risk of bacterial-related um, infections, these nutritional deficiencies, um, and I just don't know that I would really want to gamble with that. Plus, traveling, my gosh, isn't it easier just to <laughs> make a commercial diet in your situation? Well, uh, you have ways to cook on the truck, and uh, it seems like she has kind of a problem with some of the canned cat foods, and she'll eat them, and before she can even walk away from the dish, she's already thrown it up, and I figure that it might be an allergy or something, something in it that she can't tolerate. You know, she's eight years old, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I fix food for myself, so I can fix it for her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there are some kitties that cannot tolerate canned food. Um, I see a lot of them sometimes start off where we just think it's just the canned food they can't tolerate, and then with time we go on to discover they may actually have more established intestinal disease, such as inflammatory bowel disease. So I think sometimes that's kind of the early start that we make those notices, and then later on we discover they really do have more of a a digestive problem. So um, in those lines, then I'll actually look at using hypoallergenic diets for those kitties that are the frequent vomiters um, that just don't tolerate certain changes in their diet. So that, that might be one avenue we can go with for your baby. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening, Lynn. Well, thank you. need a follow-up. Of course, we do those free of charge. one 405 8405 Some other shows, they'll charge you $5, $6 for a second call. <laughs> they, they don't really. We don't. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A woman in Gig Harbor, Washington got a big surprise when she picked up her dog from the groomer. Annie Sherifius was trying to wash off what she thought was dirt on her Shih Tzu's ear when the actual ear fell off. She rushed her dog Jasmine to the vet who told her that the ear had been cut off and super glued back on. Jasmine had to undergo treatment for infection. Pierce County Sheriff's investigators are looking into possible criminal charges against the unlicensed dog groomer. J. Ray's Pet Grooming, the shop where the ear gluing incident happened, has been shut down. Sharifia said she cried for weeks every time she thought of someone hurting her little dog. She wants to make sure that groomer never touches another dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Are people to Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. 
I'm Lori Brooks. What would the world be like if dogs could talk to us? Well, Melody Jackson isn't pitching this as an idea for like a new Pixar movie or something. She's really a computer scientist at Georgia Tech who's developing an innovative new way for animals to communicate using technology. She has already built special computerized vests for service dogs so that in an emergency, the dog can find another human and the dog actually pulls a mechanical lever on the vest that it's wearing, and that triggers an audio message which says, My handler needs you to come with me. How cool is that? Some other pretty neat things in the works include a device for cancer-detecting dogs, which actually measures their sniffing patterns and then shows how strong of a scent that they're picking up. And they're also working on adapting household items for use by service dogs, things like dog-friendly doorknobs and light switches. Two years ago, in a very first-of-its-kind crash test, the leading pet harnesses, which were trusted by pet owners, failed Again and again, many times. Well, now the Center for Pet Safety is testing pet travel seats. So, what do you think? Are there any safe pet seats? Really? got to tell you, the answer is no. The director at the Center for Pet Safety says, in fact, quote, they do not recommend pet seats at this time for pet owners to use for pets in their cars because their tests show that pet seats, which usually attach to your pet's collar or harness, they don't offer enough protection during a crash. So what should you do? Like humans do, they recommend buckling up your furry friend while in the car. Mandy Moore and Ryan Adams called it quits oh, back in January, almost a year ago after they were married for six years. And in fact, they are still working through their divorce proceedings, trying to work out the custody for their eight pets, all six cats and two dogs. According to TMZ, Moore has been caring for all of the animals lately without any help from Adams. By the way, she has also asked for spousal support since he makes, listen to this, $150,000 a month while Mandy makes, they say, uh, less than a quarter of that, or that would be less than $37,000 a month. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more animal breaking news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Get your plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free. 
Here's the number, 1-866-405-8405. And if you were lucky enough to get a pup for Christmas, well, geez, you're pretty lucky. That's what I say. I didn't get one. <laughs> but if you happen to get one, we have our good friend, Dr. Marty Becker, joining us. Hey, Doc, how you doing? Hello, friends. And you, you know, I'm contrary when it comes to this. I've uh, We've known each other probably a decade, and I've been coming out uh for for all that time, talk, I think pets are a good idea to get at Christmas. You have a little and cold, don't you? I do. Yes, we can tell. <laughs> I do. Well, I had I had knee surgery too, so I'm a little oh. a tiny bit rummy. But you know, here's the here's the thing. Some things we've talked about over the years. You know, that mistletoe is poisonous, and poinsettias are poisonous, and chocolate's poisonous. And we find out some of these things just because you say it doesn't mean it really has a lot of basis in reality. And and so many people don't get a pet for Christmas because there's all the distractions, but for those of you that were lucky enough, like you said, to get a dog or a cat for Christmas, I think it's a great time. The family's around. It's a great bonding time. And mm-hmm. there's a few things you should do right away. If you got a dog at the shelter, you want to see if this is going to be a fit for you. Too many times we try to still make it work, even though this pet may not be one that can get along with the other dogs or cats, or it might be one that uh, has a a house soiling problem or something. And there's nothing wrong with trading in for a different one while the bond is still young. Mm. I know that sounds terrible, but, you know, for some people, just whatever we do, we're going to make it work and this and this for a lifetime. But early on, if there's something that's not going to work, it's the time to do it. You want to make sure you get on your parasite control products. Okay. Sometimes we think it's winter time. It's, you know, it's still freezing outside. We don't have to worry about heartworm and stuff. And and we know that's a year-round problem in many parts of the country. Yeah. So. I don't care where you, you know, ask your veterinarian if you're, if you want to buy it at Costco or you want to buy it at Amazon or you want to buy it at Walmart or you want to buy it from the vet hospital. I don't care where you buy it. Just ask your veterinarian for a recommendation of which product to use okay. and, and stick with it. So, uh, you, you can find something that fits within your budget. I want you to also start feeding them with food puzzles, not out of bowls. Which food puzzles. Like food hmm. puzzles. Food puzzles are food dispensing devices, no bowls. And what these are, there's a variety of products out there you can find uh, in the in pet stores or online that it makes the pet go on a hunt in the home. So they're they're recreating a hunt. It feeds their mind as well as feeding their bodies. Instead of taking you know 30 seconds to three minutes to wolf their food down, it might take uh, five to 30 minutes to eat. Mm. Don't you and, use one of those, Judy, for uh, Ladybug? Like that, Nina Olson makes those puzzles. Which the Oh, yes, she has the bone. Or is that a treat it's puzzle? A, yeah, it's a treat puzzle. It's oh, okay. a bone with three different layers that she spins around and has to find the buried treats. And I also, from Kong, I have a treat ball that I put them in, and there's a little oh. hole she has to push around. I don't feed her. She's not one that wolfs down her food, but I do have, I, I'm aware of those green interactive feeders from like Company of Animals yeah. that there are all these knobby little things that it takes slows them down. and slows them down. Oh, okay. Good yeah. to know. That- that's exactly right. That green is one of my favorites, and the Kong Genius is another one that, that I really like. Uh, I want you to start on probiotics. Uh, what, what I always try to do is save you money without shortchanging your pet. And using probiotics, 80-plus percent of the pet's immune system is in its gut. So ask your veterinarian for a recommendation of a probiotic. And, and, and this is probably the, the biggest single thing is to start taking your pet to the veterinarian for visits not related to medical care. So we want to get them used to, uh, you know, there's recent studies out. The worst thing that humans like in any medical setting is having the skin punctured, whether it's a vaccination, uh, a 
pain medication, injection of antibiotics, and it's the same thing for pets. And if they just go in there for things that are painful, <laughs> then they fear the trip to the veterinarian. Oh, yeah. So what you do is you take them in there on a hungry stomach, stop by, get them a little treat, weigh them, put them up on the scale, give them a treat, start kind of recreate those things that are going to happen and make it a positive experience. That means you'll have fear-free vet visits all the time when you go there. They may actually want to go to the vet. Yeah, we'll be excited. We've been doing this for six years now, and we can get dogs want to go to the vet. Cats are neutral, and this is amazing <laughs> from where we were year, years ago. But And one last thing. i got to put in a plug for vaccinations. Okay. So, uh, you know, I have a little dog who's sitting right here by me named Cutie Pie that's a distemper survivor. It was the first case of distemper I'd seen in 30 years. Distemper in dogs is like measles in humans. We're seeing an increase. It is deadly. And so when you vaccinate your dog... If you're vaccinating ladybug or cutie pie, you're not only protecting your dog, you're protecting other dogs in your neighborhood. You're even protecting other dogs in your in your county, in your zip code, what we call herd immunity. So I'm not suggesting we go back to the robotic days of vaccinating every pet like a lube oil filter every year. You know, we're way past that. Uh-huh. But, you know, some people recommend doing titers, and, and it's a good idea if you can afford the expense. But for most of them, we're given vaccinations every three years unless it's a core vaccine. But make sure you give them because you don't want the heartbreak of losing a pet that you think is protected. Especially when it's so preventable, yeah. you know? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Marty Becker. Please get better and have yourself a happy, happy new year. Thank you. Blessings. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hello, animal lovers. It's Robert Semro from Animal Radio sharing this week's Animal Radio list, New Year's resolutions that can make this year your pet's best year ever. Knowledge is key. So more pet knowledge is the first resolution. Learn about an issue that will benefit or impact your pet and put that knowledge into action. Next, devote weekly time to each pet individually. Love them collectively, but nurture that unique special bond that each pet has. Next, find a new activity that you and your pet can participate in. From sports to grooming to becoming a therapy animal, there's something new out there that you and your pet will enjoy and bond over. Finally, this year... Feed your pets healthier foods and extend exercise sessions by five additional minutes each day so you can provide their bodies and minds with the proper nutrition and exercise to keep them healthy for many more New Year's resolutions to come. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Judy, I wish I could be your pet. Tell you that right now, because your pets get your pets get the royal treatment. Uh, it's animal yes, radio, I by the way. Them. Yes, you you really do. You take care of your animals very well, feed them very well. You're always coddling them. I bet you make many a man jealous, boyfriend jealous. <laughs> Let's go. Well, to the boyfriend, phone. I have a dog. I don't need a boyfriend. Yeah, you don't need one. Okay, they're the replacement, definitely. <laughs> they're uh, they're a lot. Uh, they smell less than guys, usually, I hear. one 405 I believe we have Steve on the phone. Hi, Steve. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How are you? I got a male, African Gray. He's about three. We've had him since uh, about two years. He'll sit on your finger, you know, you can tell him to step up. But his, uh, what do you call it, claws are getting, mm-hmm. they just digging, 
just dig into your finger or your hand, just wherever he gives. Is there a secret? To, have you have you tried trimming them? I've tried, but he, you know, I'm not home that much, and my wife, she's half scared of him. He's kind of nailed her a couple times. <laughs> yeah. For African gray or any parrot, you know they're a they're a mighty mighty powerful beak there. So you know if you're not comfortable doing nail trimming for birds and especially the larger birds, then you know this is the greatest reason for putting that bird in a pet carrier and taking them over to your local vet. Um, and hopefully they they do, they do trim bird uh, toenails because it really is something that if you're not comfortable with, um, you can get hurt and he yeah. can get hurt too. So we want to yeah. make sure that that be said first and foremost because we do at my office a lot of bird trimming, uh, wing trimming, nail trimming, you name it. And that's for several reasons. One is because it's a hard thing to do at home for a lot of folks. Um, the restraint is very important. Uh, we don't want a bird getting their nails trimmed that is wiggling or flapping their wings. Um, they could really hurt themselves. But another reason why I recommend getting a professional to do this type of thing is that it can, for some birds, it can kind of break down some of that bond that they have with their close family member. And it can really, it's hard when they look up and they see your face, if you're the primary caregiver, and you're the one doing the naughty things to those toenails. So when we handle birds in our office, we use a large towel for um, a parrot-sized bird. And we kind of gently put that over the bird and then hold on to their head firmly um, through the towel. We don't want wings flapping. We don't want body parts flying. If that happens and you're not comfortable, I'd say stop the game and get a professional involved. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And uh, let's take another one for Dr. Debbie. We have Honey. Honey. Welcome to the show, Honey. Thank you very much. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Nevada. Nevada. Well, this is Dr. Awesome. Debbie's hometown. What's going on? <laughs> well, I was just concerned. I, I took a, a trip to Yuma, and I listen to your show all the time while I'm driving in the car. And... um. I was wondering, I have a Yorkie. She's only five pounds, a little little one, and she's 11 years old. And um, her stomach was awful hard, you know, kind of. So I took her to the vet, and they did x-rays and blood work and everything, and they found out that she has an enlarged heart and a liver. And now they're saying that I should take her to a cardiologist and get an ultrasound done. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering, is that going to show anything else? Or is it something that I should just let go? I mean, and just keep her and not follow yeah. up on that. I just don't know what else it's going to show me other than for them to confirm that's what it is. Okay. Can I ask you, did they say anything about her having a heart murmur? One doctor said she had one. The other doctor said she didn't. Okay, so not a consensus there. Because when we're talking about how a heart looks on an x-ray, part of interpreting that is also whether or not the pet has a heart murmur and whether or not we're having any kind of active signs of coughing, labored breathing, um, energy issues, things like that. So mm-hmm. um, if we had a murmur, then an enlarged heart on an x-ray might get me more excited. And I would definitely say getting an ultrasound would be very important because there are some things that are valve-related in dogs that can go bad and 
and there are some muscle-type diseases, and then there's even tumors. So I think that's where the big benefit of at least looking at her heart, that's the benefit of having an ultrasound because we can't tell that off of an X-ray. You just can't okay. see that. You can't discern that. So And that would tell us also, you know, what do we need to do now? And if she doesn't have any kind of impending heart problems, sometimes there are medicines we will prescribe if a pet looks like they're going to be developing some issues. So that would be something that might be a good um, information to be armed with so we can change some things at this point. And with her... And definitely with having a big, big liver as well, um, that can be from a heart that's not working really well. Uh, some passive congestion, basically, is what we call that. Um, or we could mm-hmm. be having some liver disease. So that too would be the argument with that ultrasound. That you know, let's look at that and see: do we have um, signs that there's a problem in the liver, or is yeah, it just well, related to that heart? I took her in today, you know, because okay. I'm concerned. And I took her in today, and just to get her double checked and stuff like that, and. She didn't show any signs of a heart murmur today. So, um, and she's she's very, you know, she's a happy dog. You know, she misses me when I go out of the house, so I can't go anywhere without her. And, um, you know, she wags her tail. She eats good. She drinks good. And everything's fine. And she just sleeps a lot, you know. Uh-huh. But I was thinking that's because of her age now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think making that decision, do you take that next step? Do you do that ultrasound? And part of that really is um, a little bit, I, I look at the veterinarian who's recommending it. Is it something they're recommending just to kind of look into it to make sure everything's okay? Or are they genuinely concerned that there's a problem that we need to get a hold of? They and wanted so, to confirm it. Okay, because that's where, for myself, I may make a recommendation that I kind of call a soft recommendation sometimes. And that may be, hey, if you want to be proactive, you want to get ahead of things, this would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Then there's situations where I say, this is something I firm, I firmly believe is going to be important for your pet. And I think we need mm-hmm. to get this done. And if it's that situation, I wouldn't hesitate to get that done now because we can gain a lot of info. Um, but part of that right. is kind of having that communication with your veterinarian and saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, maybe be our finances a concern or do you not want to, you know, go through the travel or expense or, you know, what have you, um, just to have that conversation with your vet and make sure that is something that we need to take that step. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, All right. And I can yeah. tell you, it, it's very easy. Most pets tolerate ultrasounds very well. My own dogs both had uh, ultrasounds just this month uh, with all their, their various health problems, so they're all shaved up everywhere. Um oh. But um, they definitely, you know, it's a very uh, low stress yeah, type procedure. Yeah, I was just wondering about it because, like, the, the people here, you know, in Vegas, you know, it's like $850 for an ultrasound. Oh, that doesn't sound and- right. Well, it can be, though. You know, there's yeah. um, certainly for a consultation with a specialist, you know, you're easily paying about 150 bucks. Uh, ultrasounds for the heart. Now, we have to back up, Hal, before you, you okay. go crazy here. You know, we're, this is usually being done by a board-certified specialist. So, okay, mm-hmm. we got a specialist, so that's going to be costing more. And when we're looking at the heart, it's very important. We're using usually types of equipment that can actually measure the flow of blood out of the different chambers of the heart, and that helps to diagnose mm-hmm. problems. So, you know, yes, that is a realistic price, and it sounds like a lot to swallow, but um, uh, that isn't far well, off. Well, I'm 71 years old, and on Social Security, sometimes it's hard, and I'm mm-hmm. keeping up their health, their medical insurance. I do have that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some will come out of that. But Oh, absolutely, if yeah. If it's something that's going to help, you know, my animals, I'll give up something to get it done. So Yeah. 
I'll probably just go ahead and get it done then. That's just like us. We'd do anything for it. We'll we'll starve first before. <laughs> no, that's what I'm doing now. And I, I rescued I rescued um, a Bengal cat, and I fell in love with these cats. Mm. And then I got another one um, that was being retired. Oh, that's and trouble. Two Bengal cats. I can tell you that already. Wow. <laughs> they're high-energy kitties. Mm. Oh, they're so much fun. And, um, but, you know, I just I just love them. They're just, they're just like a dog. They, they play. They fetch. They do everything. They sleep with me. I just love it. So I, I got my work cut out for maybe between a sick dog and a sick dog and my Bengal cat. We'll give them all a pat on the head and... Uh, <laughs> And tell those kitties to keep it on up. If it keeps you entertained, then they have their their place in your home. I think think more people, you know, at an elderly age, if they got involved, you know, if they got involved in animals, I mean, it's so much. It does so much for you. It It really really does. does. And there's there's actual facts and science behind that too. So grab yourself an animal, especially if you're ill. Thanks so much for your call, honey. There you go, another jam-packed show. If you need your fix during the middle of the week, check out our website at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I want to thank Dr. Marty Becker for joining us, as well as Donna Jenkins. All of their information over at animalradio.com if you want to learn more about what Donna's doing. Have yourself a great week. And, uh, boy, Happy New Year by the time we next talk to you. So I was going to say, don't drink too much. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And be good. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Happy New Year. is Animal Radio Network.